Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, November 5th, and this is The Drop. I'm J.E. Skeets. Alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Happy Friday, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the Max Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, climbing a mountain today, it's super producer J.D. Hello! There he is. Here we are. Y'all right over there? Y'all bundled up. What's going on? You lose your heat? Yeah, heat went off, uh, so I moved it outside anyways, and that's so here I am. Awesome. Frozen. There's a, ta- there's a tauntaun behind me. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I didn't see that. And Mike was blocking. Pop in. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Uh, shout out to the stream team for joining us live here on a Friday morning. If you haven't already, subscribe to us on YouTube. Like the video right now. Take a second. Boom. Hit it. Done. Comment. And, of course, share the show. We hit 44,000 subs at some point last night. So we're going to hit 50K by next Halloween. Look at that. <laughs> Look at there. Uh, go grab your No Dunks merch if you haven't already. Go to NoDunks.com. we got T-shirts and hoodies and shorts and mugs. Lots of good stuff over at NoDunks.com. Email in your NBA and your non-NBA questions to NoDunks at TheAthletic.com. And if you're a Survivor fan, whoa, you got to make sure you check out last night's Nearly two hour long No Buffs <laughs> podcast where we recapped episode seven of Survivor 41. There was a lot to talk about. So that was JD Trey, Jason Concepcion, and myself having a blast. If you like feet, if you're a foot freak, <laughs> make sure you check out uh, last night's No Buffs, especially on YouTube. Uh, we had a, lot, a lot of giggles in that one. Okay. But this is the drop. We uh, actually have Five Star Friday today, seeing as it's the first Friday of the month. So Trey will take us through some of your fantastic uh, ratings and reviews that some of you were kind enough to leave. We will get into this Sun story that ESPN dropped uh, yesterday. We knew it was coming for a couple of weeks. We'll get into that. We've got Tweet of the Night. We've got Pick'em Results. we got Rapid Fire Fun. But, 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 guys, something a little different here today. I was temper boy yesterday, but I'm positive Pete today. <laughs> I thought it would be fun if we went through every team, all 30 teams, and said at least one nice thing about them. Because we've seen enough of them, them, you know, enough games for most of these teams so far. We got an idea of where they are, maybe what their game plan is moving forward this season, or even sort of a longer term plan. So we divvied it up. We're going to try and move with some pace here. Tass, you're going to get us started. They're not really in any order. It sort of goes by division a little bit. But you have the Philadelphia 76ers, Tass. What's one nice thing you'd like to say about them? 
Yeah, at first I thought the word nice doesn't really fit with what the Philadelphia 76ers are right now. You know, nice is not the word I'd think of when thinking about the Sixers and what's going on with Ben Simmons. But then I thought, you know what? What's nice about them is that they made basketball a year-round sport for the first time in history. Usually we have a month off, but in the offseason, as I've said on the athletic slack, basically every day of the offseason there was a Ben Simmons trade update. Another Ben Simmons trade update. So it's nice of them to fulfill Adam Silver's dream. He's always wanted basketball to be a 12-month sport. Aside from that, there's no denying they're playing some good basketball. I was I was thinking about that as they were winning last night and now have gone to 7-2. and two. This team that was a one seed last year is now 7-2 and two without Ben Simmons. They're number one in the East again, even though they've had a bit of a softy schedule. But uh, I, I think what stands out is that they have the best offense in the league right now. And it's not because Joel Embiid is having a career year. It's because they're thriving around him, despite him not having a career year, as he draws doubles, and because of the spacing without Ben Simmons. I know we always talk about, well, maybe if Ben Simmons gets his own team and the spacing around him is suited to him. Well, the same is happening right now for Joel Embiid. Because if you watch them, it's just a lot of great spacing. And the role players, Doc, is coaching up there, as we said on Thursday's show. Come on, guys! I think he's doing a great job of that. Doc loves that historically. Seth Curry, we've talked about 17 points per game, career high for him. Tyrese Maxey, who is their point guard, that's their starting backcourt, Curry Maxey. Maxey didn't start well, but now he's shooting nearly 50%. Cork Maz loves the space. Tobias Harris, George Niang. Niang was playing out there with young Paul Reed. <laughs> what and a Andre week for George Niang. He's been... yeah. I mean, he's balling. The Niang gang got to stand up. Have they ever had a better moment than this right here, right now? No, because Doc is coaching up the role players around Joel Embiid. But here comes the test. Their best win is against the Chicago Bulls at home. Now things are going to get real, real for right. the 76ers. They go out and play the Bulls on the road. Then the Knicks, Bucks, Raptors, at the Pacers, at the Jazz, at the Nuggets, at the Blazers, at the Kings, and at Golden State. So that's tough. A tough November for them. But the start could not have been nicer. And uh, I guess they have the right coach for what they're going through. He loves, Doc loves rallying around adversity, bulletin board material type stuff. And it's working. One of those teams you said? That they're going to be playing soon? The Raptors. Trey, one nice thing about Toronto. I prefer Scotty Barnes to Patrick Williams. Coming into the season, I thought they were the same guy, if I'm being quite honest. You know, both number four picks, both from Florida State. Their scouting reports were pretty similar. They'd be able to play a bunch of positions, good athletes, decent ball skills. And if the shot comes around, they're going to be great. I just thought that Pat Williams was the serious one and Scotty Barnes was the smiling one. But as it turns out... Scotty Barnes, I think, is going to be better than Patrick Williams. He looks like a better athlete. He looks like he pops a little bit more uh, out there on the court. And the big thing to me is that he's more assertive. He's going out there and putting up 20 in a game way earlier than Patrick Williams did. He just seems like a guy who's trying to find his way in the NBA. Obviously injured now, but I thought they were going to be the same guy. They're even both wearing black and red. I was getting ready to be like, oh, who cares about your Scotty Barnes over there? We got a Patrick Williams in Chicago, but... (laughs) I would like to see a Scotty Barnes in Chicago, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that guy's got a gorgeous smile and a game to back it up. Yeah. 
Great start for Scotty Barnes. Yeah, missed the last couple. Hopefully he's back soon from the thumb injury. All right, Lily, we go to you. You got the Brooklyn Nets. What's yes. one nice thing? And a bit like Philadelphia, obviously some uh, off-court distractions. They got off to a bit of a slow start, but James Harden in his last three games has averaged 10 assists and made 24 of his, uh, sorry, 12 of his last 24 threes all in victories. Kevin Durant just cruising along nicely, 28 a game on 60% shooting. Kevin Durant, unbelievable. I mean, we know he's got that mid-range, but 60% is just huge. Not shooting all that well for three by his standards, but as long as he's on the court, in my opinion, the Nets no worse than the second best team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe not right now, today, but uh, Kevin Durant just sort of moves the pendulum for them so much, even if no one else is out there on the court because he's so damn good. And he's now at that stage where it's like, oh, 28, 8, and 6, yeah. Kevin Durant, you know, that's what you expect from him. Yeah. So uh, things are going actually okay for Brooklyn too after, as I say, a bit of a slow start there for them. I think, uh, I, I can't remember who tweeted it, but I thought it was a funny like comment. Have you, can you think of a bad Kevin Durant shot ever? <laughs> like one where you're like, oh, oh, don't take that. Like that's a bad shot. It's like sort of I, I, tough I, to think about because he can make any yeah. shot. I remember Seattle Supersonics Kevin Durant, rookie Kevin Durant, thinking like he was so thin he couldn't move anybody out the way to get his shot off. And I thought a couple of times mm, he needs to fill out. But uh, man, we're talking Seattle Supersonics this morning. That's how far we have to go back before we uh, for, to talk about the last time Kevin Durant took a bad shot. <laughs> I, I think I think in his last game he was really pumped when he hit a shot and. You know, he's so even-keeled. I think it was a kind of a tough shot for him. There aren't many tough shots for him, but he was so amped that he hit it. Kind of a tough shot. It was like a three, and it was sort of bobbling in his hands, and he hit it, and he was pumped. I think that was a tough shot for Kevin Durant. But, okay. yeah, they, they don't Well, I'm not saying a tough come. shot. I'm saying a bad shot. Mm. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, it's kind of a bad shot, go, I guess, because oh, he's like, that. how did I overcome this wobble in my hands? But you're right. right. I, I, it, they don't exist. Smooth, not really. Smooth not butter. Really. Uh, the New York Knicks I have here. One nice thing about them, they continue to stay relevant. And I think this is important. I am one of those people that say the league is in a better place when they're a competent team, when they're an entertaining team, when Madison Square Garden is rocking. I believe that. Case in point, my God. You know, they won two games or whatever it was, and we get a bing bong video, which was like the video of the year so far because the Knicks fans are hilarious. Um, there was concern last year, that top four finish in the East, a little flash in the pan, maybe they'd fall back to earth. And they really haven't they still look like a solid team now they're getting it done offensively the defense needs to catch up but they have four or five guys on this team now that I think can go for 20 to 30 points any night Randall of course being one of them RJ Barrett has sort of reached that part where you're like he might be good for 20 to 25 a night Kemba when he gets hot Evan Fournier those two guys they brought in and Derek Rose is still always good for like one of those performances every once in a while so they're getting it done with offense I love the Knicks being back Lily. We got the bing bongs and the blah, 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 and all that stuff. Uh, and I think, I think it's great. I don't know if you have anything to add about your favorite team, the New York Knicks League. Uh, well, again, it's not just Randall. Like, it seemed like Randall was getting all the attention last season. Those other guys, I think RJ Barrett has stepped up this season. Mm-hmm. Again, even though his numbers aren't actually really any different from last season, he just feels like a better player. So, uh, yeah, great start. Great to have the uh, guarded rocking like that. And uh, I hope they do stay relevant. I hope they stay within top four contention because I think the league is, uh, is better when the Knicks are like this. Yeah. Okay, Tess. Bucks. What do you got for Milwaukee? 
Well, the Knicks are going to play Milwaukee tonight, so that'll be a bit of a statement game for the New York Knicks. But uh, does anyone really care who the Milwaukee Bucks are playing right now? It just doesn't feel like it really matters. No. Because the last few years they get to the playoffs, they'll do their thing. You know, what's nice is that Drew Holiday is coming back tonight for the Knicks against the Knicks because they've had, you know, their big three beside Giannis out. Yep. Chris Middleton's still out and Brooks still out. So that's nice. Uh, but forget about the games. Forget about the roster. What's nice is that the Atetacumbo bros, the first set of brothers to win a championship as teammates. Nobody really talks about that. <laughs> Super nice. Now, Super I know, nice. I, I, know under, I understand people say, well, Thanasius isn't a big part of that team. He just comes right. out there. He's more of a, you know, a, a bench player, bench, uh, you know, cheer guy. Um, but he's playing more this season. And obviously that doesn't matter to Yanis and Thanasius because in that ring ceremony when Thanasius got his ring first, Giannis's smile is ear to ear. You talk about Scotty Barnes' smile. I think Giannis's smile is even larger. I mean, it was like, <laughs> like our friend Michael Grange got a big smile. This guy, why did I bring up Michael Grange? I don't know. Giannis had a huge <laughs> smile, huge smile at the ring ceremony this season, and that was uh, it was just an incredible moment for them. You know, Powell and Mark have won separately, Powell and Marcus all, but not as teammates. Yeah. So you're not concerned at all about any of the early season injuries here and guys being out, no Brook and Middleton and stuff like that? Nah. No. Nah, nah, I don't think so. Why? Why Why would you? At 4-4, and I know you guys are are picking the Bucks tonight, you know, against the New York Knicks. We'll get to pick them later. I guess you're not concerned. I understand why you wouldn't be concerned. Um, No, no, I think the the greatest moment so far is welcoming back Jim Paschke, play-by-play guy who retired at that ring ceremony. The Nazis and Yanni's looking at these rings like we used to sell tchotchkes on the streets of Athens. We'd sell fake rings to people. Now, now look at us. We got a QR code on our rings. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. All right, Trey. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, one no nice thing QR to say about codes them. over here. This is a no. bummer. But uh, here's a nice thing. Evan Mobley is so good that people are already over Sexland. I haven't mm-hmm. heard Sexland once this year. Even Lee hasn't worn the shirt yet. But the <laughs> sure. Cleveland Cavaliers, they're looking all right. And it's because Evan Mobley. It's not because of Evan Mobley, but it's he's the most notable name for sure, I think, this season. The thing that people are really watching, 13 points, 8 rebounds a game, 49% from the field, which is good. Three-pointer hasn't come around, but that's all good. The defense looks NBA-ready. He's going to make an all-defense team at some point. I think he might have the longest legs in the NBA. Outside of Bull Bull. I mean, Bull Bull is kind of in another category, but Evan Mobley, the way he wears his shorts and just the way he's built, incredibly long legs, which is super impressive the way he's able to cover a guard. Tass had the clip up on Twitter earlier this week of him sticking a slowed down Damian Lillard there uh, defensively, but he moves his feet and he looks like exactly what he was pitched as coming into this season, somewhere between a Chris Bosh and an Anthony Davis. Good get for the Cleveland Cavaliers. If I'm them... I'm thinking Garland and Mobley are the ultimate keepers here Mm. in this rebuild. We'll see what happens with Colin Sexton. You know, restricted free agency isn't that big of a deal right now. I think the Cavs were the only team to sign a restricted free agent over the summer. They got Lowry Markkinen from the Bulls, and that took like a month of free agency before it even went down. So maybe Sexton comes back next year on a smaller deal than the Cavs are expecting. But they got a couple of nice players there. Obviously, Jared Allen's doing well, too, shooting 70% from the field. But Mobley looks like the real deal. 
Yeah, Lee, can you fact check Trey there? Have you worn the Sexland shirt at all this season, or is he right? I think he's I right. I think he's right. I don't think yeah. I've worn it since certainly since the season tipped off. Maybe in one of the summer pods, but uh, not during the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not not since twenty twenty one became. Oh, hang on, what year are we in? We're in twenty one twenty two now, aren't we? Yeah, wow. <laughs> What year is it? There hey, we go. <laughs> All right. What year is it? He said. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Let's keep it going. Uh, Lee, you got the Chicago Bulls. I couldn't even give it to Trey. I had yeah. to give it to you. So say a nice thing for Trey. Make him feel good here. I can say lots of nice things about the Chicago oh, Bulls. I think it? the best thing I'm going to say is they've got the fifth best defense in the league, the fifth best, fifth best defensive rating. And I think that was something that we were a little concerned about. We knew offensively they had plenty of talent. Could they defend? So far, so very good for Chicago. Uh, a couple of other nice things. DeMar DeRozan has been worth every penny so far of his three-year, $85 million contract. The other off-season sign is Caruso, Lonzo Ball. I think they've also been winners for Karnishevas so far. And also, I think Zach Levine has really put his ego to the side. DeRozan's been their sort of closer, the guy who's been taking the last shots. And for Zach Levine, all-star last year, he's still getting his shots. He's still getting his points. I don't think he's shown any sort of uh, animosity or, or frustration that he's not the guy getting to close out games down the stretch. And I think that's really a good sign for Chicago that they've brought in a guy, not to say, hey, Zach, you can't do it. But instead, this guy is just a, a professional uh, uh, you know, end-of-game guy, and he's doing it for them. So... I really can't find fault at the moment with Chicago. Maybe the Patrick Williams injury, but I think they can overcome that. So far, what they've shown uh, that you know that's the injury they can they can ride out. So everything so far has been really good for Chicago. Yeah, awesome start. And Zach Levine, I assume, is at the point of his career. Where he's like, I just like to win some basketball games. You know, <laughs> yeah. I've gotten my numbers before. I even made an All Star game and. Let's, uh, let's get some help in here and, and win some of these. And the Bulls are off to a decent start with a lot of these uh, additions that they've brought in. Try anything to add to the Bulls there. I just can't wait for Vooch to get going. He is <laughs> he is the scapegoat right now. In that game against the Philadelphia 76ers, he was tasked with guarding Joel Embiid. As we know, Vooch isn't a lockdown defender. He was competing. He was doing his part. And he scored four points offensively. He seems to be a little bit lost here. That's the guy to me who has seen his shots disappear. You know, he came to the Bulls last season. And then Zach Levine went out of the lineup basically right away. They never had a chance to really build that chemistry. So now he's got to figure out how to play off of Levine. Then they brought in DeRozan. He's got to figure out how to play off both of those guys. Not to mention Lonzo Ball's around handling the ball more. So Vooch is trying to find his way. And uh, hasn't been a great start. 39% from the field. For a seven-footer. Yeah. Hate to see that. I kind of have a little concern that Billy Donovan doesn't necessarily know how to use a big guy who can shoot. Because the same thing happened to Lowry Markkinen where he just ended up standing by the three-point line. Get my Manson touches in the post. Let's see a hook shot every now and then, Vooch. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also nice having the Bulls be back uh, and competitive to just have a guy that you're watching just being furious at for 46 (laughs) minutes. That's how you know a team is back when there's one guy you're like, oh, come on, if we only didn't have Aaron Baines, the Raptors would make the playoffs. That was like our buddy Jared Dent with the Hawks last year, winning all these games, you know, putting on a show, and he couldn't let it go anytime Solomon Hill got (laughs) hurt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Every time we're like, relax, man. He's like not even doing anything wrong. He's like, oh, goddamn, Solomon Hill's killing us. Like, no, nah, but you're right. It's uh, that irrational one guy on your team that uh, pisses you off for whatever reason. Okay, let's keep it going here. I got the Boston Celtics. Uh, it's nice that they found their defense, and it was in the bread bowl. 
all along. <laughs> That's what it was. They slipped it behind these like little loaves of bread when they had their little dinner there. Uh, they played airtight defense for a second consecutive game last night. They beat the Heat. 95-78. Celtics became the first team since the Raptors back in 18 to hold consecutive opponents under 80 points, which is wild. Um, really enjoyed seeing Neesmith and Langford get some more action, a little more burn. I thought they brought some hustle and help with the defense there. So, look, a brutal start for Boston. I'm still not even convinced they're, like, going to figure this out to the point where, like, they're a top three team in the East. But these last two games after the players-only meeting, after the dinner where no coaches were around, whatever we're calling it, <laughs> you know, they, they have, like, dug in defensively and, and taken care of business against, so, okay, a bad Orlando Magic team, but a really good Miami Heat team. So I thought that was a pretty dominant win last night task for them uh, going into Miami on a back-to-back. Super dominant. First team to hold opponents consecutively to under 80 points, as you said, since... 2018 or 1918 yeah. when the Raptors well, started April, in the eight, league? April 18, so that'd be the 17-18 season. When, yeah. yeah, when you said back in 18, I guess I just don't think of uh, 2018 as bad. I thought, I thought 1918, or back in the war when the Toronto Raptors <laughs> started in the NBA. You know, we didn't make, we didn't really celebrate the rap, first Raptors game win. Uh, the other day, it was the 75th anniversary of the Raptors playing the Knicks when if you were taller than, what, 6'8", you got in free? Is that That's what right. the, the players? <laughs> yeah, you were taller than the <laughs> tallest guy on the team. It was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Six, cool. six or six. I, cool. I was thinking about that test. I was wondering why they didn't schedule that game in Toronto, the 75th mm. anniversary. Um, maybe it was because of the pandemic and the Raptors having played in Tampa. And when they're making the schedule, they're like, I don't know. Maybe they won't even be back in Canada and playing again. So they were like, all right, let's just play it safe and put it in Madison Square Garden. Because that was a little mm. weird Yeah, it that was. it wasn't in Toronto. Though you can't have it at Maple Leaf Gardens anymore. I think that's a grocery store. Yeah, they most could of just it. Playing Loblaws. <laughs> there's there's like a 3,000 seat stadium still in Maple Leaf Gardens for, for the our, Rams. our old yeah. alma mater, Ryerson University. But yeah, they, they still have some, uh, some seats on the wall. You go into the deli section, you can see a, a, one of the old seats sitting up on the wall. It's like hanging there as memorabilia. Yeah, yeah cool. Is, is it a Loblaws? <laughs> can the stream team tell I me? So. I think it is. Yeah, yeah I, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a hundred percent a Loblaws. Yeah, <laughs> so, a beautiful Loblaws, they say. It's really nice, actually. Maple Leaf Garden stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's right by our old stomping grounds uh, of Ryerson University, where where uh, Tass JD and myself went and Matty O. Um, okay, let's keep going here. Celtics found their defense. That's nice. Tass Pistons. What do you got? Well, I think the nice thing is that no one outside Detroit really cares what the Pistons do this season, to be honest. And I think, as Trey mentioned about Evan Mobley and all the other rookies have sort of have played extremely well and stolen all the headlines from Cade Cunningham. And that's a good thing uh, because Cade has not been playing well. The injury to start the season also was a part of you know the Pistons being overlooked. But Cade mm-hmm. came in late and has really struggled. He was 4 of 17 in that game against the Sixers on Thursday, shooting 18% from the floor. Way back in 1918, that's what he shoots, <laughs> and 5% from three. So forget those stats. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's ugly, uh, but I, th- I think it's helped <laughs> the Pistons that Dwayne Casey can just you know, work on the, the, the camaraderie and, and getting these young guys to play together, and there is zero, zilch, no expectations on this team. They didn't uh, you know, go out and sign a big free agent acquisition. That, they did that last year, though, so there was some eyes on Jeremy Grant and, and those guys last year, but now... 
especially because Cade didn't start the year with the team. doesn't matter. Uh, people will not watch the Detroit Pistons unless you're in Detroit. And hopefully, Dwayne Casey gets guys like Killian Hayes to find his way after a bad season. Sadiq Bey had a good first year. Isaiah Beef Stewart had a beauty move against Joel Embiid last night, dropping him. Well, he didn't drop him, but he shook him uh, and, went, and went to the rim. So the Pistons got some things, but nobody cares, and that's fine. And that's fine. I think that's a nice thing. Uh, that the, oh, they have a bunch of young guys. Uh, it's sort of like, you know, the Magic last year. It's just, you know, hopefully they find their way because, uh, you know, you don't want to be an OKC after a few years, although they're playing well too. Yeah, they're not going to win a ton of games. I think what they want to see, though, is you said all those guys, Killian, Bay, Isaiah Stewart, like they have to continue to grow. And Bay, I mean, really all three of them, They've had a rough start to the year. Uh, Bay's not shooting the ball that well. Isaiah's great defensively, uh, not really doing much on the other end. Killian Hayes, every time I watch Struggling. him, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I don't know about this. But, yeah, that's what they're looking for. They got Dwayne Casey, and now Cade with, what, what do you have, 18 and 11 last yeah, yeah, night? You know, he hit the glass. Run, I know he didn't yeah. shoot it well again. but Made his first three. It's going to be a long year. <laughs> that was a deep 34-footer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, gotta <laughs> Just shoot back it, it up. Got to shoot it from there. Okay, Trey, Miami Heat, one nice thing. One nice thing about the Miami Heat is that they are the epic handshake of No Dunks fandom. Bulls fans who love Jimmy Butler meeting up with Raptors fans who love Kyle Lowry to become Miami Heat appreciators. (laughs) Better yet, maybe they're the epic burrito (laughs) of No Dunks fandom. (laughs) Look at us there. Touching burritos, Skeets. What a fun time up at that office. I miss that flag. Hey, take it a little bit further here. Max Struess is the blue-eyed Tass Mellis of the NBA as well. I would say that's the guy who looks most like you right now. And, of course, Duncan Robinson, a beautiful shooter of the basketball. This is a perfect team for us to be following here. It's fun to see Butler and Lowry fit together so well since they are similar personality guys. And, obviously, there was rumors of of, uh, Lowry going to the Heat all of last season. It's cool to see it actually happen and actually them fit well together uh they got smacked last night by the bean town boys in the exact kind of game i was a little bit fearful of where the defense is fine but they just can't figure it out on offense i think that will continue to happen sometimes during the season uh just because the celtics did a great job of taking away transition from the heat and if the heat aren't able to get in transition it might be a bit of a struggle in the half court at times but in general they're going to be great defensively they're going to play together and every game's going to be a tough game against Miami. They'll be even better in the playoffs, but great start to the season so far. Yeah, they look like they're going to be one of the best teams in the league, you know, regular season-wise evenly, as long as Butler doesn't miss his classic 15 to 20 games, and same with Lowry, who got injured last night. I don't think it's all that severe, uh, and maybe them being down pretty big kept him from coming back. But to me, if those two guys play, along with their uh, very, very good team here and coached by Eric Sprosto, they'll be fine. They're going to win a ton of games because they, they'll do it a lot of the times with defense. And then, yeah, there'll be a stinker on offense every once in a while, but I think that's few and far between. Yeah, that was a pretty big upset, all things considered, last night that uh, they lose at home. The Celtics on a back-to-back. Uh, and bodies were dropping. I think Jalen Brown left the game too there. Yeah, Kyle yeah, Lowry yeah. left. So, uh, But yeah, the, the Heat team kind of look what we expected them to be. Pretty tough, you know, locked in defensively. Uh, and that offense, if it is flowing like it was against the Mavericks the night before, very, very tough to defend because they can go inside with Bam or Jimmy, and then mm-hmm. they just really do spread the floor. If Kyle's hitting six threes a game, that's not going to yeah. happen every game. But Duncan Robinson found his shot last night, and Tyler Hero talked a lot about him coming off the bench, giving them some great offense. So uh, they have all the components of a very, very good team. 
people are saying in the stream team the Lowry injury could be bad. Yeah, definitely could. I guess I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping it's not. Uh, Lee, let's keep moving, though. The Zards, the Washington Wizards. <laughs> yeah, nice de- decent team on paper. Uh, winning, not really winning games with offense or defense. So 15th in offense. In <laughs> How the are they winning the game? <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's what I was trying to find. That's what I was trying to find this morning. Oh. But they've scored, I think they've scored eight more points than they've given up this season. So, you know, that just shows every game does feel like it's kind of close there with the Wizards. Not a terrible team. They're certainly no, you know, the worst in the East, but their ceiling is probably first round, I still think. I don't really see them getting any further than that. But a pretty good offseason for Tommy Shepard, considering they turned Westbrook into, you know, Kuzma, KCP, Montrez, and Dinwiddie also has been good for them. Uh, regular season, Montrez has been great. He's averaging 18 and 9, I think it is, off the bench. Montrez always does this in the regular season. He just comes out and he works hard. But it's the Wizards. So, again, good, steady veterans. And Bradley Beal is, of course, their star player. He started off the season a little bit slow by his standards. Really tough to make a case for them being top four in the Eastern Conference, though. And, you know, that's why I just think no, it doesn't really matter who they place. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, I'm trying. Gustavo saying, trying, damn, man. Lee, this is supposed to be nice. Well, like, yeah. hey, listen, I'll say this. It's better than I thought coming into the season. I looked and I just thought it's just another wasted season from the Wizards. But, uh, right. you know. Not the worst team in the East. That's positive. Okay. That, was a, that was a tough assignment there for Lee Ellis, the Washington Wizards. Uh, it's like when uh, somebody asked you about Jock Landale, who's coming over from Australia. You said, yeah, he's got a little bit of offense. He's got a little bit of defense. Yeah. Sometimes hard, you know? It's sometimes hard. I mean, like I say, it's, uh, what did I have here? 15th in offense and 13th in defense. And yeah, they're almost, average. Yeah. yeah. That's about where they are, you know? Huh? Okay. Um, Charlotte Hornets. They have the most improved player. They have him. 23-year-old Miles Bridges. I think he's going to win this. Through nine games, he's averaging 24, 8, and 3, shooting 48, 37, 87 splits. And what's crazy, like, everybody knew. He had a good year last year. We've talked about it in terms of shooting the the three-point shot and, and even scoring a little bit. And at the end of the year, he really turned it on. But this guy, I think it's awesome. Like, he comes in the 18 draft. He's a super impressive athlete. Like, everybody's like, whoa, this guy's like... In a league full of athletes, this guy's like sort of next level. The potential's there, but you're like, we see guys like this all the time, and will he put in the work to get better at shooting and ball handling and his ability to create for others? Because if he does that, then he becomes like a really dangerous player. And again, still 23, and he has just become a scoring threat, sort of from all over the floor. Um, not just the three, but getting inside. He's working, playing well with uh, Lamelo, obviously throwing lobs and stuff like that. And he actually like puts in some effort on defense too. Oh, yeah. So I think like the jump in scoring, he could be flirting with an All Star nod. He still is young, but he's been around enough. Like this could be his award. And there are other candidates. Don't get me wrong, but I think right now he's the he's the sort of the runaway favorite with an MIP, and that's great for the Hornets because you've got Lamelo. You, you need some other guys around him to uh, put together a winning team here and. And they're good. You know, they're, they're Wizards-like, if I'm being honest. I, I don't think they're going to win a first-round series. But from where they're coming from, that's okay if they're a playoff team and they're at least in there and they're putting up fight and get reps for some of their young guys. People are saying in the stream team, and I said this the other day, some concern, you know, Terry Rozier comes back. Some touches are taken away from Bidges, and I hope that's not the case because I think he's proven uh, and that, and then he'll continue to prove that he can be like a 25-point-per-game scorer and, and should be because he does it efficiently. I mean, he's got like a player efficiency rating like a near 24 right now. That's like a star player type of number putting up here through 9 or 10 games. So good on Miles Bridges, and uh, 
obviously a great job putting in work because he's become a better basketball player. Let's go to back to Tass. And uh, I know we got some uh, still Eastern Conference teams, but you go to the West here, Tass, the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. I, I do believe the uh, Denver Nuggets are my squad. Am I, am I wrong? Excellent. Go Denver Nuggets. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Um, you, said, man. you said Miles Bridges has become a better basketball player. You know the guy who won MVP last year? I think he's better this year. I think Nikola Jokic is better this year in many ways. Jokic's numbers, 25 points, 13.4 rebounds. What? Uh, 5.6 assists, 60% from the floor, which would be a career high, and 40.5% from three, which would also be a career high. And those rebounds, as I said, 13.4, a career high. He's not even first in the league, not even close. Mr. Beef Rudy Gobert is up there. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple other guys, 15 boards a game, no big deal, 14 boards a game. But I say Jokic is better because that 60% from the floor for a guy who shoots from everywhere – and he's doing it without Jamal Murray. That's so impressive. It's not typical center 60%. It's not what Jared Allen is doing in Cleveland. But it's not that he's just hitting shots. I think he's just becoming a more selective and a better player offensively because he's shooting in better spots. He's shooting more at the rim and more threes than he has the last couple years. Just becoming a smarter basketball player and setting everybody else up, that 40% becoming more of an accurate three-point shooter. I mean, this guy does it all. Yeah, the scoring's a touchdown. He was 26 last year, down to 25. And the assists are down too, mainly because nobody else can hit a shot. Uh, but uh, I, I do believe that Jokic is growing. And if uh, Jamal Murray was there or Michael Porter Jr. was better, uh, mm-hmm. that the Nuggets would be up in that top four bracket of the Western Conference and he would have a legitimate shot at winning uh, MVP two times in a row here. But without the wins, that's not going to happen. But they're, you know, they're still playing well, mainly because Jokic, their fulcrum, is awesome and uh, getting better. And Michael Porter Jr., as a max guy, if he was just a little bit better, um, the assist numbers would go up and the Nuggets record would go up. So it's a good sign in Denver. He's kind of flying under the radar. Uh, but uh, just wanted to point out those stats because dude is killing it. Yeah. Apologies for slipping in a Western Conference team before we wrapped up the East. So let's go back to them. Trey, you got the Orlando Magic. What's one nice thing you got to say about them? One nice thing I can say about the Orlando Magic is that Cole Anthony is straight up good now. He uh, had an interesting rookie season. Hit a couple of game winners, which was nice, but didn't shoot well from the field. Finished under 40%. Finished with 13 points per game this year. He's at 18.7 points per game. He's got the percentages up, shooting 41 from the field. 40% from three. And, you know, coming into the season, Jalen Suggs was their draft pick, and it felt like maybe the Magic are just going to turn things over completely to Jalen Suggs and let him run the show and try and build up him. But I think that uh, Anthony has clearly improved coming into year two here. Field goals, three-point percentage all up. Scoring assists, rebounds up, up, up. Turnover percentage down. This part of the Magic rebuild is really all about finding out who the keepers are going to be. And at the very least, Cole Anthony is a keeper. Maybe he won't be a starting point guard or shooting combo guard for the entirety of his career, but he could be an awesome sixth man uh, for the Magic at some point in his career. And in these early stages of the rebuild, it's nice to have a guy who will take a bunch of shots and make a fair percentage of them. I've been impressed with Cole Anthony so far. 
Yeah, I would add to that too. When you see like rookie rankings, I think they'd be very happy with Franz Wagner making that list uh, in, in contributing. Like I'm seeing him on, you know, top five uh, rookie rankings through 10 games. And that's great if they got another sort of player there. Wait, what, what do you think, Tass? You think uh, Franz and Mo will be the second set of brothers to win an oh. NBA championship together? <laughs> give, us, give it some time, a couple of years. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Maybe a, maybe a, a co brother like Beans sponsorship, Franz Beans. I know it's Frank's beans, but I think they could stretch it. Uh, I love Franz. I love his beans. The beans or the player? Okay. <laughs> oh, the both. Uh, okay. Uh, Lee, the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, what do you got? Well, I feel like I got high off my own supply with the Hawks here because, uh, look, two weeks ago to the day. That's why we slipped the nuggets in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Two weeks ago to the day on this show, I was saying how, how uh, confirmation bias was true. The Hawks had a very good win. They were deep. You know, they blew out the Mavericks and things were looking great. And uh, to be honest, that was almost the high point of their season so far. They're four and five right now, no real injuries and even a moderate schedule. And now they head out on a monster four-game road trip, Phoenix, Golden State, Utah, Denver. And then they come home and they've got to play the Bucks in their first game back from a long road trip. So it's actually... Hasn't been a good season, really, uh, in Atlanta. Bad loss last <laughs> night at home against the. Uh, Lee, what's Utah one Jays. nice thing about the Atlanta? I'm trying Hawks, to find man. it. I'm trying to dig, but I'm, <laughs> I, 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 like they don't have any injuries. They've had a, a a winnable schedule so far. It's very disappointing, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, like I said last night, the win no, loss record maybe, but what about like Hunter and Reddish and like the depth? Uh, yeah, or yeah, DeAndre Hunter's been good. Reddish has been good too. But okay. I mean, really, they have Atlanta's been disappointing. Atlanta's been very disappointing so far. Um, this, and, this was my concern. Yeah, People were and, very high on the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, I, I, and I was one of those guys. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and again, I thought they would bring back their star player, the coach, the confidence, the momentum, if you believe in that sort of rubbish from a playoff run months ago. But they just haven't yet had a really convincing performance other than the first night against a team that I think is punching above its weight in the Mavericks. And so... Um, I, I'm a little concerned about this team right now, to be honest. Okay. And, and uh, you know, again, I mentioned their schedule, four tough road games here. They could find themselves in a bit of a hole like they were last season. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, good thing. Good thing. Okay, they rocked out their uh, unis last night that looked gorgeous out on the court. Absolutely Oh, you like gorgeous. those? Yeah. Yeah, you like yeah. The, I'm definitely going to buy the, the T-shirt version of that. So that's a nice thing. Okay, that's a nice thing. Supporting the organization with your $25 t-shirt purchase. Okay, great. That's what I was looking for there, Lee. Uh, Let's wrap up the East. I've got the Indiana Pacers. I had to. I just had to give it to myself after, uh, you know, freaking out yesterday. It wasn't about the Pacers, by the way. I know the clip makes it look like I really just didn't want to talk about the Pacers. It was more like me saying we're not gonna get to every game last night. It's just not gonna be the way it is. And then suddenly everybody wants their team talked about. But the Pacers, they have a great sense of humor. I thought their fans took it really well. <laughs> so shout out to all you Pacers fans out there. And you drafted Chris Duarte. And he has been incredible as a scorer for the Pacers to start the season, especially with all the injuries. And he was just like thrown in there. And man, he delivered. He's shooting 43% Lee from three on six attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Absurdly efficient, especially if you're a rook. I do want to know, Tass, I want to ask you, are we claiming Duarte as a good old Canadian boy? Like, I'm torn on this. He's born right. in Montreal, but he grows up in the Dominican Republic. Like, what are we doing here? I don't feel right about claiming him. Yeah. I, I don't care. I, I got sure. I got to be honest. Doesn't he play for the Dominican national team, too? Yeah, he definitely I, doesn't play for the Canadian team. No, yeah. I think that's the thing, yeah. yeah. But, you know, he's he's dual citizenship, I guess. Um, yeah, I think uh, 
our friend Eric Corrine at the Athletic called him a point fiver. Uh, okay. So he, when he's out there, you give him half half credit. <laughs> well, because it was like uh, the pace, or yeah, well, obviously it was a Pacers. I think it was a Raptors game where they were pointing out like how many Canadians were out on the floor at once because um, the Pacers have a couple, and then they were including these tweets with Chris Duarte, and I'm Can't like, yeah, it. yeah, you know, Can't okay. do it. is Kyrie yeah. Irving Australian. No, because he plays for America. Uh, okay. But okay. Canada, Canada's already got a Dort, so you can't have a Dort A. You need a Dort B. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second, but it's not bad for you right now. Uh, yeah, but he's been great, Duarte, in the 13th spot too. You know, look, you've got a lot of scores before from that position. Over the last little bit at least, you know, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Tyler Hero. So, you know, maybe they got a, a star here in Chris Duarte in terms of scoring the ball because he's an unbelievable shooter. Uh, for sure he's always got a um uh, I, I was looking at like his getty images this morning just to get him in the thumbnail i thought it'd be funny to put the pacers in there and like every photo he's got like a sort of like a surprised look uh, it's the best way to describe it and i just he's getting a chuckle out of that maybe i'll have to share a bunch of them but yeah good good selection here i want to see this team get healthy they had the brutal start they're starting to win some games though they're getting karis levert back and once you know brogdon and all that so they, they don't they're gonna turn this around with rick carlisle i think a little bit okay tass you did have the jazz i think i, I was did. right you yeah were so what right. do you got okay thanks for not being a temper boy today ski <laughs> you're right no no i only have lee not following the rules here today just yeah. shitting on well. teams left and right <laughs> yeah yeah it, what's new man he's been doing that since 18 1918 <laughs> since he was born uh, no lee lee yeah. got high in his own supply with the hawks uh he had some uh, we had some early nuggets so he got he got high you want some yeah. jazz you want to listen to some jazz while you're high man <laughs> Why not? Yeah, yeah. 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 I don't think I would want to. A little tea. <laughs> sure. I think I think it's I think it's all right to listen to jazz when you're high. You get caught in one one guy solo yeah, find or, the yeah, wave. one part of it. Sure, but I also could get anxious. I think listening to it. Like, what what <laughs> are possible. we doing here? What are we running here? But you got the jazz, Tass. Yeah. What, what, right. what do you got? Well, the jazz have a good flow. Unlike jazz music at times, the Utah Jazz. <laughs> are, I think, the best version of themselves right now. And they can be ultra-confident. They can be like the Milwaukee Bucks of last year. They know they're going to finish very close to the top of the Western Conference standings. And they could try some things defensively, change it up, you know, play uh, maybe Rudy Gay at the backup five, do some different things like the Bucks did last year. Uh, because I, I do think they're sort of stepping in and, and, and being the best version of themselves. I think they're confident in that way. And, and I, I think it shows in that they're playing Mike Conley only on one half of back-to-backs because they know they need him in the postseason. And I think they should be confident because teams like the Lakers and the Suns and the Clippers and the Mavs, even though they're 5-3, and three, have all started you know worse than we expected uh, along with the Nuggets. So the fact that they're up there at the top doing their thing again at 7-1, and one, the best team again in the Western Conference, uh, they, uh, I think it's just another year of growth, really. There's no pressure. No pressure, just like the Bucks of last year. So there are a lot of teams. Julius Randle has said, ah, I think we can be the Bucks." Damian Lillard has said, I think we can be the Bucks." <laughs> and the Jazz as well should be looking at the Milwaukee Bucks and thinking, right. just, just one run, baby, and let's work as a team. And I think, I think one other thing is that Donovan Mitchell is also probably looking at Giannis, even though he hasn't put it on record and said, you know what, Giannis was incredible, but he believes in his team, so Donovan Mitchell's got to do that a little bit more and – Hopefully he says, I think we can be the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that's, that's the goal for everybody in the Jazz. 
God, I, does it does it feel like anyone else can win the one seed in the West? Doesn't feel like it. No, but it also doesn't matter with them <laughs> at this point. It's just sure. like the pressure comes come playoff time, and can they like get over those demons and win a bunch of series? But yeah, they look great. Clarkson, I mean, caught fire at the Fortress last night. It was a close <laughs> game. Yeah, I think it was like a one point game, and then they like blew him out of the water. They couldn't miss a shot down the stretch. Well, so, he'd missed yeah. twenty two threes in a row, I think. Over yeah, the last over the last few games. couple games. Yeah, uh, and then but, he could not miss. But that's what you get with him, you know. Yeah, like those hot and cold streaks. Okay, Trey, Minnesota Timberwolves. Nice thing about the Minnesota Timberwolves is that only three people know Carl Anthony Towns' Twitter password. <laughs> so clearly, he was hacked when his account liked that tweet that said hashtag Free Cat. Seriously, Skeets, you should have asked this question last week when they were 3-1. and one. Yeah, They lost three straight this week. You lost to the Nuggets and Clippers, Timberwolves. That's fine by me. Losing by 18 to the Magic, though. That one is a yikes. So, honestly, the nicest thing I can say is that when Carl Anthony Towns leaves, at least you've already got a franchise guy waiting in the wings in Anthony Edwards because that guy is the face of the franchise now. It ain't happening for Towns in Minnesota. Um, so... Last week, though, they were looking good. <laughs> That's a nice thing to say about them. You I'm sorry good. to Lee Ellis this one here. It's been a bummer week for the Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah look. Hey, I didn't say these were going to be easy, okay? Mm. You know, some of them are, oh, okay, the Utah Jazz, they're awesome. They never lose. Yeah, some of these you got to struggle to come up with something. But uh, it's a fascinating take on your star player is going to leave, but don't worry. You got another got star another waiting. In the, in the waiting. Yeah, okay. You got to get creative sometimes with these. All right, Lee, Blazers, man. Oh, look at you. All you do is get stoned. What do you got? <laughs> the good thing is we're due for a Damian Lillard eruption over the next week or so. Sometime soon. He's going to go on one of those runs, five or six games in a row, probably hit a couple of game winners uh, and get his averages and numbers back up because he started off slow. The Blazers have started off slow. So you just know it's coming. Uh, he's far too good to sort of stay in this slump that he's in right now by his standards. And the Blazers, as always, you know, they, they throughout the season, they do sort of roll the coaster around a bit where they're up and down. They're down a bit right now, but they're going to go on one of those runs and have people like me going, maybe it's this is their year for them. But, uh, yeah, it's been a rough start in Portland as well. So that's... <laughs> I, I promise I you make. I didn't purposely give you teams <laughs> that were, like, struggling. It just sort of shook Well, like, I mean, I know you said a positive thing, but I'm trying to make an honest assessment too right oh, now. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, Lillard, by his standards, has struggled, but he's far too good to stay in this, uh, you know, in this sort of rut that he's in right now. Yeah, he'll, he'll yeah. erupt soon. I, I'm with you. It's coming. It's just a matter of time. And it's going to be, it'll be like 40 point, 45 point games from him where he hits eight, nine threes. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. So they got to still work on their defense and, uh, you know, try and turn that around and get that a little bit better. But Chauncey Billups has uh, switched up the defensive scheme a little bit and see if they can get there. Okay. I got the Thunder. This was easy after last night's game. The Oklahoma City Thunder are great at humiliating the Lakers. <laughs> and it is mwah, chef's kiss. Uh, Thunder outscored the Lakers 35-24 to in the fourth last night. They won again, 107-104. Second come from behind victory against LA. They rallied from 26 back, I guess just last week, yeah. and then 19 points last night. And SGA splashing a 34 35 footer from the lakers logo a true logo shot task i think true. we can agree yeah <laughs> with about i was like 120 left in the game it put okc up six i mean it was it was an insane shot if he misses it you're like what the hell are you doing there was a lot of time left on the shot clock 16 seconds uh, on the shot clock yeah, yeah but he said you know he takes it in practice he said he was 
feeling good. The momentum took them into it and uh, splashed it. And they win this game. I mean, no LeBron in both of them, but come on, you're the Lakers. You should be beating the Oklahoma City Thunder, who haven't beaten anybody else in this league besides the Lakers. But wow, what what a what a game from the Thunder and SGA specifically. And and Trey, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself because the record still stinks. But my God, I'm starting <laughs> to see a lot of SGA All Star talk from other NBA media members out there. I'm like, yes, let's go, let's get that train moving here. So I don't know. I think it's still pretty far fetched that he makes it. Maybe injury replacement is his best chance. But he's awesome. He is awesome. He really is. And uh, you know, I can't believe they beat the Lakers twice here. He's All Star caliber, and if they play the Lakers every single night. You can lock him in, baby. Yeah, that's right. I will say one more to add. OKC has awesome podcast coverage, too, for especially like a small market team. Down to Dunk, OKC Dream Team. Andrew Schleck and Alex Spears on Saturday Slam and Jam, which is the athletic NBA show. They did a cool thing, Lee. I really wanted you to listen to it Mm -hmm. because you had some thoughts about OKC uh, not too long ago. Five things your favorite podcaster gets wrong about the Thunder (laughs) and their rebuild. And it honestly was like a great idea. It was a great concept for a podcast like... Not just us, but a bunch of other, obviously, NBA podcasts. Sort of like, you know, shitting on OKC. And oh, they got all these million picks. And what are they doing? And some fair criticism, don't get me wrong. But they sort of like, sort of countered that with like, come on, this is what's really going on. The main thing was like, why do you guys keep saying this like it's been like 10 years of tanking? It's hasn't been that long for this franchise. So go check that out. They got great coverage there. And we love our guy, Andrew Schlecht, who filled in for JD once upon a time. And and maybe will again, if JD can never get down from the mountaintop that he's currently on. <laughs> I'm going on Saturday Slam and Jam this Oh, week. there you go. Nice plug. There you go. Yeah, I'm not talking about talking nice about the OKC Thunder. No way. I'm talking about the Raptors and stuff. But uh, oh, look, nice. the Thunder are... They're fun, I guess. I hey, I'm I'm in on the jerseys. I'm gonna be watching tonight to see those white jerseys and how they look on the floor. Oh, that's tonight, likes... Friday nights. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Friday night in OKC, baby. <laughs> oh. I'm excited. Okay, great. Uh, let's keep it going. Tass, I think I have this right. I got you down for the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns. What's nice about them right now? Well, they've got a, <laughs> a, they've got a, a huge scandal alleging all sorts of. Uh, misogyny, racism, just a toxic workplace overall. I think the nice thing, if you're looking at the basketball side of things, is that they have a bunch of professionals that will deal with this mess and will go about their business. Mainly, I'm looking at Monty Williams as their head coach. And man, it's all business. He's extremely serious. He's already talked about this with Sam Amick about uh, the whole deal with Robert Sarver and in the organization. He's taking a bit of a wait-and-see approach. You can see that on The Athletic. Um, But uh, I know he will manage things, as will Chris Paul, as a leader of that locker room. And I'm sure it's been very difficult the last few weeks because Robert Sarver came out with these statements pushing back on the report, which was to come, and it came yesterday on on ESPN. But uh, I think the the Suns have really weathered the storm now, sitting at 4-3. and And uh, you can tell that they're all professional in there because Monty Williams even came out and said, I'm proud of how the team handled not only yesterday's game when they when they came out and they finished off the Rockets in the second half, but in the morning when ESPN's story broke in Phoenix. And uh, he feels that everybody is sort of together and is it's going to uh, it's going to galvanize the squad and everything, you know, beside that as the investigation goes on which we'll talk about a little bit later in the show is going to be different but the basketball side of things uh, i think they're going to be fine and, and and i'm sure it has been difficult but at four and three 
you know, kudos to Monty Williams, who is uh, a leader of men and as, as well as, uh, you know, Chris Paul, I'm sure, taking care of business there. Yeah, we'll get to the uh, Sun story from ESPN there a little bit later in the show, but we'll keep it moving here. Trey, the Kings. Can I say anything nicer than Harrison Barnes is invited to the MVP table? I thought that was pretty nice to say, but how about this one? You don't have the worst defense in the league anymore. (laughs) 22nd from 30th, a massive improvement. Kings are 4-4 and right now. They've got wins over the Blazers and Suns, and they beat the Pelicans twice. All of their losses are against playoff teams, so... You beat the teams that are worse than you. You win some against the better teams. You're in the mix for the play-in. You just can't have that massive bad stretch that tends to happen to the Kings before they start clawing back at the end of the season to make things interesting. So, I don't know. Some teams got to finish 10th in the Western Conference. Maybe it's the Kings. You know, De'Aaron Fox theoretically will come around at some point. Maybe they're able to balance the roster a little more if uh, somebody's interested in a Buddy Heald. Or if things go poorly, you could ship Heald out. You could ship Harrison Barnes somewhere and, you know, try and bring in some other players who need a little bit of a rehab or something like that. So, I don't know. The Kings have had a solid start to the season, which is good. It's tough to buy into the Kings having a solid start, but you would rather them start 4-4 four and four than 0-8 and, and be out of it right away. That's true. Lee, you've got the Los Angeles Lakers, man. I'm sorry after that loss last night. <laughs> well, here's a great thing for them. Do you remember when Carmelo Anthony joined the Thunder and someone asked him about coming off the bench and he kind of laughed and said, who, me? Yeah. Well, Carmelo Anthony right now could potentially take home the sixth man of the year award, 17 points a game off the bench on over 50% from downtown. And if he was to win it, he would become the oldest player ever to win the sixth man of the year. Jamal Crawford currently holds that record. He was 35 in 2016. Melo's 37 right now. In fact, Melo will be 38. His birthday is May 29. He'll be 38 by the time the award is given out uh, if he was to win it. So uh, Carmelo Anthony playing fantastic basketball off the bench, just shooting threes. That's all he has to do, and he's doing it very, very nicely right now. Seven of the Lakers' nine games so far have been at Staples, and they've got five of their next six here at Staples. So they've got a very heavy home schedule. They're five and four right now. So the Lakers are winning games and uh, Mello might be winning an award. Great for the Lakers. That's good. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Found money right there. I got the Warriors, uh, the Golden State Warriors. Good thing about them. They've developed a defensive identity and this is all even before Clay's come back. They're six and one. Golden State is. They allow 97.8 points per 100 possession. That's the best defensive efficiency in the NBA. Now, they were good last year. They're even better right now this year, which makes sense. Draymond Green, still elite. They've got the system in place. They reacquire Andre Iguodala, who's still a good defender. And then Gary Payton II, who we talked about, uh, I guess, on yesterday's show. He's just a menace defensively and is deserving of all these minutes he's getting. So this squad, I mean, they had that stretch on, on I guess it was Wednesday night's game against the Hornets, like an eight or nine minute window where they kept them to without a field goal and like forced them into like seven turnovers, winning them a lot of games. They look legit and clay is warming up in full uniform. Yeah. Uh, a real Lee Ellis if we're being yeah. honest, oh, yeah. like not just sweats and a t-shirt. I'm putting on the brand new uniform and I'm getting up these corner threes and LeBron is tweeting how he could watch clay shoot for the rest of time and it's true it's a beautiful shot uh so this is great this is just an unbelievable start here from golden state that their defense is the best right now and clay is no slouch defensively this is the, it's the crazy part we think of him as one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time he is but he's good defensively we'll see how he is coming back from the injury if he slowed uh drastically but awesome start for them 
not much more to add because they've really, really, uh, quite frankly, surprised me out of the gate. I thought they'd be good. I didn't think they'd be great, and they appear to be great right now. Tass, you got the Clippers. Well, I think the good thing about the Clippers, what's nice about them is they're not making headlines. I think it's pretty good that no one's talking about them because this is finally a stable franchise. They're just kind of there. I think they're kind of like the Jazz, kind of like the Bucks of last year, kind of like the Raptors of a couple years ago, and maybe they can make their run. Because last year, I think it's easy to forget, they started 16-5. and five, But I think this year, their 3-4 and four start is even better. I think they're in a better place. Last year, they had a lot of moving parts still to implement. They went and got Reggie Jackson or signed him. Uh, Nicola Batum, Terrence Mann became part of the rotation. They got Rondo out of there. Kawhi wasn't under contract last year long term, but they signed him in the offseason. They have their team going forward. feels like this is going to be their team going into the playoffs. They have their identity. It's a jump-shooting team that's been through it together, went to the Western Conference Final, and they finally had a game this week where they look like that team. It was a phenomenal win for them uh, against the, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They just look uh, like that team that went to the Western Conference Finals. So I think it's really it's uh, a good thing about them is that it's no drama right now. NDC, no drama Clippers. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> some drama there. Uh, uh, some drama. Paul George is leading the league in points per wow. game and steals. Mm. <laughs> that's, some, uh, that's some Michael Jordan shit right there. I'm trying to think of like the last guy to do that. I don't even know if Jordan did it, to be honest. Yeah. I think he did, but... Yeah, that that's wild. Three steals per game for Paul George, and he's and flirt. What he's like something like twenty nine points per game. Um, great start. Okay, so you like that they're sort of just no one's really talking about them all that much in a good way. Yeah, great. Flying way. Under the radar. PG's PG obviously playing great, and he also said this week like, we're not an we're not a young team. I think there's some urgency there that they know mm. they know. Like look around, look around that room. You know, Batum, Oldie, Morris, Oldie. They, they, Kawhi, when those legs come back, they, they, they're a real vet team that they know the window ain't huge. Uh, so mm-hmm. I think, I think they're, uh, they're all business this year. Trey, the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavs are 27th on offense, 17th on defense. Their MVP candidate, Luka Doncic, is shooting 25% from three. His running mate, Kristaps Porzingis, has played three games, struggled in all of them. But guess what? You're five and three. Don't be so hard on yourself. You're not a piece of space age titanium the Mavs are fine five and three Lee says they're punching above their weight maybe so I think people are just expecting the Mavericks uh to be a title contender because they have an MVP contender obviously Doncic hasn't been great out of the gate but he will get better as the season progresses the Mavs will start shooting better from three and if they're able to get anything from Porzingis whether it be on the court or in some sort of a trade that would be huge it feels like the Mavs got some moves to make at some point because there are holes all up and down the roster, but somehow they're still winning these games early in the season, which is what you got to do if you're going to be able to finish in the top four. That would be nice for the Mavs. Top six, I think, is probably more reasonable, more realistic, but for as much drama as it feels like there is around the Mavericks, they're actually doing okay. Um, you know, not playing well, but winning games. Lee, we go to you with the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, they've got the most fun player to watch in the league easily right now. For me, anyway, Ja Morant. Uh, We asked last week whether or not he could stay top five, finish top five in scoring. He's equal fourth right now, so technically he is. The Grizzlies are five and three, but there's a red flag, a major red flag here for the Grizzlies. They have the worst defense rating 
in the NBA. That, to me, surprised me. I assumed it'd be Pelicans, Pistons, Magic, you know, the Kings are always in that category, but it's actually the Grizzlies. So they've been winning games despite having a pretty bad defense. But I think when you watch these games, it does feel like it almost comes down to that last possession or two. So I think Ja Morant has really covered for uh, a lot of their uh, issues on that end, but he's also been so spectacular on the other end that he's a legit MVP candidate you know, today. Will that hold throughout the season? We'll find out. But uh, uh, Grizzlies, every single time Ja Morant touches a ball, he seems to do some spectacular uh, move with it. And that's been incredibly fun to watch. So Grizzlies are great. I obviously hope they can keep it up and can make the playoffs. But uh, as the season progresses, they are going to have to tidy up things on that defensive end or, or else that will come back to bite them in the backside, I think. But like you said, it's great that they're winning games yes. for the most part and having the worst defense. If that only ticks up a little bit, then they should continue to win games, you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, great fact check here from, I believe it was Jerry in the stream team. I was saying, like, when was the last guy to lead the league in scoring and steals per game? Steph Curry, in his second MVP, the unanimous one, mm-hmm. led the league in scoring and did have the lead in steals at 2.1 per game. So good call, Jerry. Back nice. in... What's that, 15, 16? 15, 16, that would yeah. mean, yeah. So, great stuff. Uh, my final team is the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, what I like about them, or one nice thing to say about them, they keep things interesting a lot of the time. If you watch Spurs games, they're generally in it, even if they lose. I remember Graydon Guardian, our guy that does the F1 podcast, No Breaks with Trey, he's a Spurs fan, and he tweeted, like, at the start of the season, Spurs lose close, hard-fought game is going to be pretty frequent headline this season. And he's sort of knocking that one out of the park, that prediction. They lost to the Nuggets by six. That was close. They split a pair against the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. They lost to the Lakers in an overtime game. They lost two games to the Mavericks by a combined six points. One by five. The other night, they lost that one by one where they tried to chuck it down there over Boban, who was guarding the inbound and couldn't get really a good look. So they're in a lot of games. They lose them for the most part. That's okay, though. They got a young team here. They are fun to watch. Pirtle's been great. But DeJounte Murray, too, just looking at his numbers... 18, 8, and 8. This guy's like flirting with a triple-double. Uh, those are his averages with two steals per game. So there's going to be a lot of losses. But it's okay if you're sort of in them and you're going through the growing pains and you've got some what appear to be like some really good foundational pieces there in San Antonio. And I think that's just the way it's going to be. So that's my nice thing to say about them. We have two teams left. It's a perfect tank from San Antonio. Yeah, that's They're playing fast. They're the second or third highest pace in the league right now. They've got exciting young players. They keep it close and then they lose in the end. It's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Tess, take us home here. You got one more and then Trey's got the final one, but you got the Rockets, Tess. Hmm, something nice to say about the Houston Rockets. I would say that Eric Gordon, you remember him? Yeah, it's hard. To, it's hard to remember Eric Gordon deep on a roster that is trying to uh, to play a lot of young guys. I think Eric Gordon is extremely tradable because he is leading the league in three point percentage. Shocking that he's coming off the bench. He's shooting a good amount, decent amount. But he's shooting fifty five percent from three. A guy sticks out like a sore thumb on that roster. Everyone has been else. Everyone else has been traded from that team that. Went to the conference finals, you know, your James Harden, your Clint Capellas, those type of guys. He's still hanging around, but a contender would love him, and I think his contract is tradable enough. At first, I thought, well, he's got a guaranteed year next year. Maybe a contender doesn't want that, but maybe a contender is okay with a little bit of stability. Have him around for a year. 18 this year, 19 mil next year. It's year 14 for him. He's 33 on Christmas Day. Look that up. It's a <laughs> Christmas Day, babe. Uh, so that's nice for, for the Rockets. I think they can get something back for him. Offer a draft pick 
uh, to Raphael Stone, he shall take it. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say, uh, besides that, Jalen Green is making highlights. He's not winning Rookie of the Year at this point. He's not close to it with uh, the way other guys are playing. Uh, his percentages are bad, but it doesn't matter. He's hitting one of every three shots, and that one is a highlight. It's a <laughs> monster, a um, deep shot. So it's, if you're tuning in to watch Jalen Green play well as a Rockets fan, he's not. But who cares? Uh, from our perspective, from the, the perspective of 29 other teams, it's cool to watch Jalen Green hit monster shots. He might have the Anthony Edwards sort of rookie of the year trajectory where it's he possible. struggles out of the gate, but then turns it on and has like a hot month or two. I could see that happening with the Rockets. Um, but Eric Gordon, so you think he'll be on, you could see him being on like a playoff contender or whatever and contributing in playoff minutes in a role of some yeah. sort. Yeah, yeah. He's still hitting, he's still, he's still playing well. He's, he's young, you know, he's not even 33. Uh, but, uh, you know, he'll be 33 in a play. That's, that's young, even though it seems like he's been around forever. Yeah, and, seems older. And a guy who's you know, been through the, the, the window, the up uh, of the Houston Rockets. Well, now they're on the down, and I'm sure he wants out. So I'm sure he's looking at that trade deadline two more months just two more months <laughs> yeah. for hopefully hopefully for <laughs> just, him don't get just hurt. keep hitting three pointers eric yep. and yeah yeah the chances are high someone will uh yeah trade something for you eric okay, gordon fine. and dj augustine he's also a houston rocket every time i see them i'm like mm. oh right right nice <laughs> yeah. good to see you <laughs> <laughs> all right final team here we did this in about an hour i'm not too angry with that uh new orleans pelicans Trey, what do you got? What's one nice thing to say about the Pelicans? I love Jonas Valanciunas' slick back hair. <laughs> <laughs> Looks good. Looks good. And honestly, Valanciunas has been the best thing about the Pelicans this season. 19 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, 49% from the field, 53 from three, and 90 from the line. A 50-40-90 season from Jonas Valanciunas? That would be pretty fun to see, but this has been a disaster season already for the Pelicans. As we know, Zion is out. We don't know when he's coming back. He's going to be reevaluated in a couple of weeks here, but not coming back anytime soon. Brandon Ingram has missed time, but Valanchunas, he's a solid innings eater. Throw it to him in the post. Let him mash. Let him score some buckets. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a bad season for the Pelicans. This is maybe the hardest one to find a positive for. Because, you know, they were at least scheduled to be perhaps a play-in team. And they certainly don't want to be taking this kind of a step backwards. But Valanchunas looks good with his hair. And (laughs) he's doing Valanchunas stuff. Which was fun to watch with the Grizzlies last year. And fun again here on the Pelicans. Do you think he's eating sloppy steaks? Oh, oh, yeah. I think he's slopping them up on the regular. Yeah, <laughs> I think he has a sloppy different. beignet down there in <laughs> New Orleans. Probably doesn't hold up to dumping water on a beignet. No. Very soggy. <laughs> okay, there it is. Uh, one nice thing, for the most part, about all 30 NBA teams. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we will get into uh, the NBA launching an investigation into the Phoenix Suns. we got Five Star Friday. got a whole lot more, so don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, back with No Dunks here on a Friday drop. Big news yesterday in the NBA world. The NBA is launching an investigation into the Phoenix Suns and their owner, Robert Sarver, after Sarver was accused of fostering a toxic and hostile work environment during his 17 years with the team in an ESPN story that was posted on Thursday morning. The investigation includes interviews with more than 70 former and current Suns employees. Now, Sarver is accused of making racially insensitive comments and fostering a misogynistic excuse me, environment that discouraged women from reporting issues to HR. He's also accused of meddling with his coaches, going as far as drawing up his own plays. Sarver denied the allegations in a statement nearly two weeks ago, if you remember that, when reports that the story was in the works surfaced on Twitter. And he did so again on Thursday, saying the story contained so much that is inaccurate and misleading, end quote there. So, Tass, what was your reaction to this news breaking there on Thursday morning, actually seeing what we knew was coming, but in all the detail? Yeah, and from reportedly 70 people who either used to work for the team or currently work for the team, my initial thought was this is a horrible place to work. And I think there's plenty of proof of that. Sarver bought the team in 2004, according to the report. Within the first decade, few of the other members of the ownership group were looking to get him out. Uh, but when they looked into it, he would have to have committed something criminal or similarly egregious. So that would have been difficult at that point. And, you know, in, in contrast to that, NBA spokesperson Mike Bass said the league has not received a complaint of misconduct at the Suns organization through any of our processes, including our confidential workplace misconduct hotline or other correspondence. And I think there's a reason for that, because people feared reporting their problems. A bunch of HR people who it's in their nature to, to take care of their employees uh, were interviewed for this from the Phoenix Suns, you know, current and, and past. And multiple HR reps said, if you got a problem, don't go to HR because they're going to come after you. They will fire you. So there's a predatory behavior there, right? If you threaten me, you'll be canned. And so the the HR people said, you know, I, I would hope that they would sue after they were wrongfully fired because I knew they would get money. So whenever we would see the claims come in, this HR person said, I'd be like, well, at least that person's going to get some money. That's how they would deal with things. But now all of these people have come together and Baxter Holmes reporting is extremely thorough here. And uh, it, it's it's like when Donald Cerny was banned from the league as owner of the Clippers because there are racial accusations, but it's unlike that because there isn't audio proof as there was back in 2014. But there are a lot of people coming forward who have gathered here and uh, it just seems like yes robert sarver obviously has his um has his position to to reply and rebut everything that's been said here but the statement that he put out and the statements that he had in this article it, it would make you speculate why would you have to say something like i never talked about condoms or oral sex or rewrite the the way that he used racial slurs if there wasn't anything to it and it, it just seems like as i've said 
it goes back to 2004. It seemed like people were trying to get him out a long time ago. And it just seems like, uh, as somebody said in the article, if the commissioner comes in and investigates to see what the bleep is going on in Phoenix, he would be appalled. And so we will see this investigation mm-hmm. go on for, I believe, you know, a decent amount of time. Unlike what happened with the Clippers, it took four days for the NBA to come to an invest, uh, to a, a decision along with the, the investigation. This is going to be far longer. And uh, there's just so many people to talk to as well. There's just there has to be a lot of legwork to be done here by the investigators and by uh, the league. So that's it's going to be a while, but it would sure seem like to me that they would come to the same conclusion that the owner uh, needs to be um, needs to to pass on the team to somebody else because it, it it's not a nice place to work. It's a, it's a horrible toxic place to work it sure seems like with all of these accusations that are happening. Uh, well, obviously very disturbing. Um yeah, horrific to read through uh if if people can't report these sorts of things safely within the confines of the organization then uh, that's obviously very bad um as far as i can see i mean robert sava acknowledged some of that behavior which is also disturbing because he he sort of admits that some of that went on he obviously disputed other aspects of it but Mm -hmm. as, as far as i could see if um if someone is accusing you of these things uh, racial and misogynistic behavior and it's false then you would be able to sue those people easily and win that case because you if you were, if someone was to accuse me of that and it wasn't true then it's defamatory and it's libelous and so that's that's really what I'm waiting for if if Robert Sarver is truly denying all this then he would be able to take these people to court and and sue them so um it's a the NBA now has to get on top of this immediately uh, and they have to find out now as Tass mentioned there short of any actual video or audio evidence then a lot of it i guess is just you know one person's word against another but when you have 70 plus people who have similar uh circumstances or cases then it, it builds a a pattern so uh yeah it, it was it's rough reading and um for the you know you, you just hope that the nba takes uh, an immediate uh, and swift action in, in trying to get to the bottom of this and and and, and uh, come to a conclusion with it because I don't know how much longer you can have someone owning a team with these sorts of accusations being uh, labeled against them. Yeah, Earl Watson from this ESPN story, only one on record, you know, attaching his name to what he is saying Sarver did. But a lot of the significant claims are supported by multiple anonymous sources. And you would think you know, it is ESPN. I'm not sure they're going to publish this if they're not highly confident in, in their findings. You would think that, given legal threats from Sarver uh, and the Suns. So we will see. I thought Ziller had a, a really important part in his newsletter this morning about this, that the NBA needs to appoint someone immediately to perform direct oversight of the franchise's operations to protect employees from any further damage and potential retribution because... You said it to us, like multiple staffers said they wouldn't go to HR with complaints because they feared what would happen, repercussions, retaliation, just being canned. So it's this culture of toxicity. It's also, it sounds like a culture of complicity. So that should happen while the NBA does their investigation. An interim sort of leadership comes in there to make sure that if people, if more people do want to come forward and have claims against Sarver or what's happening in that organization, that they're going to feel confident to do that. So I thought that was a great point from Ziller. Trey, let's see how your uh, 
your internet's working here now because uh, we couldn't hear you last time. So if you want to start over again, have at it. Well, I think you make a good point, Skeets, in that something needs to happen in the interim because like Tass is saying, it's pretty reasonable that this investigation by the NBA would take a longer time than it did with Donald Sterling just because there were primary sources there, right? You could play the tape on a TMZ website if you really wanted to hear everything. So there is a difference there, but... Uh, The leader of an organization sets the culture and with 70 people going on the record, maybe not putting their name to it, but established names like Earl Watson and Corliss Williamson, guys that have been around the league for 20 years. There's got to be at least a a strong case to be made against Robert Sarver here beyond just this article from ESPN. So I would hope that the NBA acts as quickly as they can. Surely they will. And hopefully someone is appointed in the meantime, because if this is going to take months and months of time, that's almost unfair to the Phoenix Suns players and coaches. Like, Monty Williams handled himself perfectly, and the way he answered makes you think that at least the Suns have the right guy to lead him through this. Chris Paul went through this with the Clippers back in 2014, so at least they have good leadership amongst the team. But with this hanging over their heads for the entirety of the season, that's going to be an impossible uh, situation for the players out there. So, Hopefully, in the meantime, something positive can happen for the Suns. If that means Sarver is pushed to the sidelines until the investigation is over, then I think that's a smart move to start with because, um, I don't know, it's just a, it's just such a bummer to read this stuff. When somebody comes out with a statement before the report comes out, you know it's going to be bad. And this lived up to the expectations, lived yeah. down to the expectations, if you will. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Anything else to add, Tess, uh, to the Sarver story? We can move on. No, I'm, we can move on because, uh, yeah, I assume we will be talking about this more uh, in the coming months as uh, as the investigation wraps up, hopefully, as you guys said, you know, sooner rather than later for everyone involved. Let's get to a little five-star Friday fun. Trey, your internet's back. We can hear you perfectly. Little Five Star Friday for us, man. Little Five Star Friday. The first Friday of every month, we'll read five of the best five star ratings on your various podcast platforms. I pulled all of these from Apple Podcasts, but Skeets, I think Spotify has reviews now. Is that true? This is what somebody told me. I have yet to actually investigate, but I think you can now, which I love to see. I'll investigate in December. I want to give people a month to really build up a nice archive of five stars over there. But our first five-star Friday review comes from Jay Holiday 23 one of the best five stars. One of the best podcasts on NBA basketball. Been listening to them since their days as the Basketball Jones. The show's funny, analytical, and just a ton of fun. They keep you engaged throughout the entire show. Five stars. Thank you, Jay Holiday. That's a pretty straightforward one. Yeah, from Drew Holiday, it's very nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's had a little bit of time off, not playing uh, for the past (laughs) week or so. Listening to podcasts to see how his team is doing. Don't worry, man. The Bucks are going to be fine. Thanks for listening. We'll keep you engaged. Our second five-star review. This one comes to us from the absent-minded chicken professor. (laughs) The title... (laughs) (laughs) clam.com in the excitement of the show I misspelled the URL for calm 
Luckily, the No Dunks promo code got me 30% off wild caught oysters. Five stars. <laughs> wow, is there really a clam.com? Check it out. Weird that you can wait order to do the ad read for clam.com, but nah, you can buy the domain. It's uh, you know, courtesy of GoDaddy.com. You better lock it down, Skates, because if people are listening right, right now, now, we're in trouble. All right, our third five-star Friday review. Oh, this one's from Drop Lover. Seriously, this is a great program to consume daily. The real reason I included this, this is the official Jason Capono counter. We've had six mentions of Jason Capono as of August 6th, 2021. Uh, he was mentioned on a No Dunks Inc. Instagram story in November of 2019. Uh, this review was shared in January of 2020, got a five-star sh- Saturday shout out in October of 2020. So it's been about a year. I had to give my man Drop Lover a taste of love here and another Jason Capono mention. Oh, yeah, right. So now it's up to seven. Now it's up to seven. Yep. Okay, great. Now it's okay. up to seven. All right. <laughs> this guy's good. <laughs> this guy's good. He literally, literally just leaves that same message, updating us with Jason Capono. I love it. You know, a year of listening. He gets mentioned once a year. I think that's probably fair for a Jason Capono. I guess so. <laughs> my guess would be around All-Star break is when he comes up yeah. the most if we're talking oh, yeah. three-point mm-hmm. contest. Yep. Anyways, our next five-star review comes to us uh, from... Oh! <laughs> Ooh, this one's from Drop Lover 2! This is from what? the No Buffs feed. Jason Capono has no chance of getting mentioned in this podcast. <laughs> so this is our Survivor podcast? This is on the Survivor podcast feed, actually. <laughs> I don't know if that's 100% true. Like, they do a lot of shooting challenges. I guess it's it's plausible that somebody would drop, like, a somebody catches fire on one of these survivor challenges and he's shooting like Capono. Maybe even Capono goes on Survivor yeah, for all we I know. Would yeah. see you need an athlete, a professional athlete on every version of Survivor. Why not? Why not have one? You like that? Huh? Yeah, I think we so. got a football player right now. So he's, yeah, Capono in the future? Okay. Consider it a challenge. We'll get it in. Uh, our next five-star review, also a no buffs review. Uh, this one comes to us from MPP530. No buffs, all classics. <laughs> From the amazing minds behind No Dunks is this incredibly entertaining podcast about a TV show I've never actually watched. What even is a buff? <laughs> Who are these previous winners they bring up? I will never know. All I know is that these guys must have won an immunity challenge that makes them unable to create anything but a classic. Five stars. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's nice. We have seen a lot of people that are in the comments of a no buff show saying I don't even watch this show but I enjoy you guys talking about it so that's really weird to me but <laughs> thank you just loving the chats <laughs> and of course now is a good time to get in just had the merge Taz you still sticking around buddy you better believe it I, I saw I saw you know former contestant friend of the show Wendell commenting live during the show on Wednesday during Survivor on Wednesday and I thought to myself you know I, I really respect the opinion of somebody who used to be on the show and I just thought it's such a different world. Like we talk about basketball players, of course we uh, respect the opinions of former basketball players. So I was just thinking, you know, I want to hear what Wendell has to say yeah. about being on. The, it's it's so strange. But he said, he said, Liana, don't don't use your ch- uh, challenger, don't use your power, because Evie's got it. He didn't even know 
that Tiffany was oh, holding wow. the idol. Oh, got Wendell. Yeah. The winner. Yeah. So yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it appears easy for us sitting on our couches at home, and mm-hmm. that's not even the case. I do like this from uh, Mick and the stream team. Maybe we get a Capono versus Kyle Korver versus Reddick uh, season of Survivor. <laughs> They're the three captains. Sure. Why not? Sign me up. Yeah. Yep. All right. I would watch that. Our final five-star review. This one is five stars. Comes to us from Bib Math. Best NBA show, hands down. Bing bong. Uh, Honestly, can't believe there was only one Bing bong review. Mm. Um, oh, I thought there'd be way more. Yeah, I thought there would be way more as well. But we appreciate the Bing bong. You know you're doing things right when you get Bing bonged. Now I don't know if y'all watched uh, this past week's uh, episode of Succession. Skeets, I did. you probably did. Yep. Tassie, yeah, yep. Lee. I'm guessing you're waiting to catch up on this one. But uh, there's a scene where Cousin Greg and Kendall end up in a limousine, and they play a game called Good Tweet, Bad Tweet. Greg and another uh, associate are reading Good Tweets and Bad Tweets. This is more of a good review, bad review. We just did a bunch of good ones. So I got to hit you guys with a bad review. Let me know what you feel about this one. What is it with Canadian focus? (laughs) This podcast is Canadians crapping on the 76ers every chance they get. And I've been listening to this for years. You got your Raptors win. What else do you want? (laughs) I love this. Got to throw in a one star every now and then. That's got to be the same dude who on YouTube's been saying lately, like, you keep crapping on the Sixers. I'm like, who's crapping on the Sixers? We started the show with Philadelphia today. There you go. Oh, man. I'm a little worried about uh, creating a bad review because I just kind of spoiled part of Survivor, the most recent Survivor episode. Oh, come on. It's Friday. It's Friday. The show happens Wednesday night. You're you're two days late to a show you have to keep up with. I guess. Well, Lee still has to catch up with Succession. I mean, that was like five days ago. (laughs) Even just saying Greg. Even just saying Cousin Greg is a spoiler, I guess. Next pandemic. (laughs) Spoiler for me. Oh, well, there's a guy named Cousin Greg. (laughs) Go ahead, Lee. Um, Next pandemic. I'm watching Succession. There we go. Ah, that's the spirit. <laughs> hey, he's already been through two. He had the Spanish flu of 1918, and of course, COVID-19 recently. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know what? Let's let's just do JD before we take our final break. Let's do tweet of the night right now. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. I mean, I figure why not, right, Tass? We're talking tweets a little bit here. Yeah, we're talking tweets. We're talking reviews because people, I'm sure, were reviewing this. And the tweet comes from the NBA. You may have heard of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They announced that there are now former players, specifically Quentin Richardson and Jamal Crawford, doing the play-by-play and the color, commenting on League Pass on a game. They did it yesterday for the Lakers and the Thunder. NBA is trying to create... What the NFL has done with the Mannings cast to, to some degree, mm-hmm. giving you a, another feed option if you're watching the game. So Q and uh, Jay Crossover were doing it last night. And, you know, Quentin Richardson has been doing the Knuckleheads podcast for years. So, of course, he was good on this as well as Jamal Crawford. We've had both on our show, actually. And uh, they're both great. And so, yeah, I just wanted to get your opinion because I know a lot of people were talking about Skeets, you mentioned uh, our boy Kenny Beecham. He's got to be on one of these broadcasts. I wonder how the expansion of this world happens uh, because there has been, you know, some 
some of our friends like Danny LaRue doing the uh, mm-hmm. the call on games. And, and I wonder just how much more the NBA expands it because it's it's you know it's been sort of same same for a while. You get your TV feed, but the league is obviously expanding things. Even if you're on Twitch, they've given the rights to some people to be able to call games. Uh, you know, talk about games, call it whatever you say, whatever you want to call it, while they're watching the game. So I wonder where it goes. Where are we going from here? But uh, I found that you know that was that was good. It wasn't a a players only kind of feel like on NBA TV like we've had in the past. This was you know guys just kind of shooting the breeze over the game and guys who are obviously are very much in the know of the game. These two yeah. specific guys, you know, they they keep up with everything going on in the NBA. So it was a pretty natural, uh, real natural fit last night. Yeah, it's a no-brainer to me. This is not a heavy lift to add these secondary um, video channels, uh, like with the little uh, video of them in the top corner of your screen. And then, I don't know, were they going to them full screen like during timeouts and stuff like that? I I didn't catch that. I did see the clip going around of them reacting to the Shea Gildas-Alexander 3, which was awesome. Like They were like freaking out where he pulled from and the confidence he took that shot with. Um, Yeah. Like, sure, we should see way more. There's, there's so many options for whatever type of broadcast you want. You want former athletes kicking it while they're watching the game? Sure. You want, like, Nate Duncan and Daniel Rue? Nate does, like, a more of, a, like, a play-by-play and then, you know, take questions and stuff like that? Sure. There should be a Kenny. There should be a Lee Ellis crapping on every team because he hates every team. <laughs> uh, no. So, yeah, I think this is great. I'd like to see more of it, Trey. Did it's they, way uh, better than the thing they had on before. Ah. That's what I was gonna say. Did they dance at halftime? <laughs> they don't have. They don't have the guts to dance at halftime. Exactly. <laughs> Still. Do you want to do? We want to just pitch one where we just dance through the entire game. <laughs> just hear the swishing of jackets through the entire game. I'm glad, I'm glad you picked this part of it, JD. Yeah, this is a great part. What minute is this? Uh, this oh, is like three minutes in. This is shortly after uh, Lee abandons his. Uh, Look at Tess. His Look David. at Tess. <laughs> Tess kills me. We I think Tess's glasses are amazing, too. Yeah, I got good glasses. Where did we get our glasses from? Because those look like Lee's look like the ones he got on set when he was doing the Warriors hit. It's like, hey, uh, <laughs> yeah. cameraman, it's sunny here. Can I borrow uh, your glasses? I wish I got those ones. Those ones were great. Uh, those were just cheapos that I had from somewhere. Can't remember the brand, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyone still uh, got their jacket, by the way? No. I don't. Uh, yeah, Jackson wore one of them to the Atlanta United game uh, on last Saturday. Hmm. Did he dance his way in? He, he was dancing the whole time. I think it's, he is possessed. <laughs> it's in the jacket. That's where yeah. the power lies. Okay. Uh, Trey, anything to add to Tass's tweet about the, uh, the the alternate broadcast, or especially that Q-Rich crossover one? I think it's a smart idea. Uh, the Manning cast is great, and obviously uh, Peyton and Eli have chemistry and a connection to each other, so I think that is the key, is finding uh, a Quentin Richardson and Jamal Crawford, guys who yeah. have played together at some point, who went through the league for a long time together and who know each other so you know similar to matt barnes and steven jackson having a great connection on their podcast you just got to find a couple of players who completely vibe together and are able to both kind of like handle the hosting duties and the commentating duties at the same time uh there's a lot of nba players who want to get into media now so i'm sure they will have their choice of it some of them will be bangers some of them probably won't be but i think it's definitely worth trying Excellent. All right, let's take our final break here, then we'll get to pick and results and 
rapid fire fun. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately so i've had documents flying in and out the mailbox a lot of signatures both analog and digital a lot of phone calls a lot of stamps got to get my long-term future straight yeah let me tell you skeets the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones watch your assets with Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney, it's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's calm.com, not to be confused with clam.com, which is where you go for your premium oysters. Pick them results from last night. Jazz Hawks. Utah was favorite by one and a half down at the Fortress. And they pulled it out. They took over in the fourth quarter. My goodness, blew this one out of the water. Like a bunch of oysters popping out of the water. So that's a loss for me. I swear if you, yeah, I don't know. We've been going. We've been going too yeah. long. We've podcasted way too much this week. Uh, Lee, you are perfect though. 4-0. This guy's on fire. Task 3-1. Great record. Trey and I are 2-2. Two two. But let's get to tonight's game brought to you by BetMGM. Task, where are we going? Well, I guess you teased it earlier, didn't you? I got the Knicks Bucks, but what's the line? Five and a half point favorites are the Milwaukee Bucks at home to the New York Knicks. Hmm. The Knicks, who started off so well at 5-1, have dropped a couple. Milwaukee Bucks sit only at 4-4, and they're getting Drew Holiday back. So it's understandable why the three of you took the Milwaukee Bucks. I decided to swerve and go with the Knicks. I like those five points. I like the fact that maybe Drew Holiday isn't right. Took him out. It may take him a little bit uh, to sort of get back into the flow. The Bucks had tried to remember when he played at the beginning of the season last year. Was he in the flow? Was Did he start off slowly? Uh, I didn't go back and look. But I just feel like that may happen. Uh, they don't have Milton. They don't have Lopez. And I seem to be a, a Knicks hater, but um, I'm uh, I'm rolling. I'm rolling okay. with a five and a half. Yeah, you it's our biggest line yet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about going deep to a, you know, a ten-point line or so but i thought this was this is too good a game couldn't pass yeah. it up and it's a big enough line where i feel comfortable riding with those points people are telling me oysters don't blow out the water but if you dropped a bomb in the water oysters might explode out of the water <laughs> yeah <laughs> so <laughs> i'm just just want to clarify that uh all right good luck to everybody we got the bucks 
to win by six or more. Lee does, who's undefeated still. Trey does, and I do. And Tass has the Knicks, the Big Bung Knicks, to cover that somewhat big line there of uh, five and a half points. Okay, we are going long, but let's wrap this baby up with some rapid-fire fun. I got the questions this week. We got Tass, Lee, and JD answering first one. This week, the NBA and Nike unveiled all-new City Edition uniforms in honor of the NBA's 75th anniversary season. Each jersey represents the ultimate basketball moments mixtape, a compilation of the franchise's greatest hits. So, we've talked about the jerseys uh, on our social media channels, on the show here earlier in the week, but I want to know, guys, if you were to design a City Edition jersey for your hometown, what would it look like? I want you to paint the picture for me. Tass, you go first. Mississauga, what's this jersey looking like? Hometown Mississauga. These are my jerseys, baby. It's all about the shapes with Mississauga because we'll start it off with the front. Canada's largest airport. It's not in Toronto. It's in Mississauga. So on the front, an airplane facing upwards. So the nose pointing toward the player's face with Mississauga written across the wings. Okay, just a simple, (laughs) simple. I think we're going to be called the Mississauga Jets. That's still be to work. We'll still figure that out. On the back, though. A huge mall in Mississauga called Square One. The number of the player is going to be within a square. This is good. Yeah, we got shapes. Up each side panel. This is where things get weird. Side (laughs) panel of the jerseys. Uh, There's a couple well-known condo buildings that are nicknamed the Marilyn Monroe buildings in Mississauga. They've won some awards. Why are they Marilyn Monroe buildings? Because they're curvaceous, kind of like Marilyn Monroe. They kind of twirl up. Right. Uh, So... uh, one of those, there are two buildings, one of those on either side. They're slightly different, so this is going to be a little loud on the jersey, I know, but <laughs> it's going to be a weird jersey. It's got a jet, it's got buildings, and it's got squares. The Mississauga <laughs> Jets, here we go. Man, I love it. You really painted the picture. I understand what you're saying here. Okay, Lee, you're up. Uh, Sunbury, what do you got? Yeah, well, it's crazy you say the, uh, the Jets for Mississauga because the Sunbury Jets were also our basketball team, so that's who oh. I was also going with. Uh, and it's a royal blue jersey because that's the color of our football team, our Australian okay. rules football team, royal blue and white there. Uh, now, because it's a throwback, um, I would also have some uh, moments from Sunbury's history. And one of the places where the sort of tough kids, the smokers used to hang out, was this like structure out, out the front of this uh, old post office? That's where people. So it'd be a silhouette of the old post office on the front, right? All right. But then on the shorts, of course, I think I've told you guys that the birthplace of cricket's oldest rivalry, England and Australia, was actually in Sunbury. So I would have on the shorts the little like like cricket wickets with the bales coming off, because even though it's obviously not basketball, but that's a monumental moment in Sunbury's history there. So, uh, yeah, we'd be the Jets. There'd be the post office on the front and then the cricket wickets on the shorts. <laughs> okay. Little white. All right. So was the post office where, like, the fights went down? Like, yeah. Is that oh, where yeah. people... Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the main Ours was place. the cemetery. That's yeah. where oh, the fights cool. happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a great yeah. setting. Yeah. Ours was just right in the right in the middle of that uh, of this, of the downtown core area. So that's where it all went down on the Saturday. <laughs> if you got a seat... On the top sort of layer there, you were you were pretty high up in the Sunbury hierarchy, I tell you. What do you mean? A seat where? Well, like well, not a seat, but if you were sitting on top, if you were perched top, because there was layers to it. On top thing. of the post office? No, no, no. So it was out the front of the post office. It was like a you know like a plantation sort of structure there. Like you know there was things going and there was like it was rounded, so there was enough to seat like you know oh, probably okay. ten or fifteen people, but it had little levels, and the higher up. You know, the you cooler were, you were. Yeah, yeah, the more yeah, you yeah. smoked. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, JD, 
Um, I assume you're just going with uh, straight up Toronto here. For yeah, I'm from Toronto, and uh, you know, uh, I wanted to make my jersey super hip, super cool. And we talked about uh, the city of jerseys earlier, and I sort of did a deep dive and and saw what I liked and what I didn't like, and uh, of what's already out there. So uh, the the team is Toronto, and I mentioned that I enjoy a nickname. Uh, like I like an ATL across the Hawks jerseys and stuff. So uh, uh, forgive my crude mock-up here, but I made a, a little uh, jersey mock-up here. So here we have. Uh, I went with baby blue uh, because we love baby blue here on uh, No Dunks. And uh, the Toronto's animal uh, on the coat of arms, we've got a bear, an eagle, and of course a beaver. Nash- yeah. The national animal of Canada. So we've got a yeah. beaver. And, uh, you know, there's Canadian flag in the corner. And I noticed there's a lot of lightning bolts on uh, a lot of the city jerseys this year. So I added a little lightning bolt coming out of the the fierce claws of the mighty beaver there. Uh, and, of course, we have YYZ across the top, is, is what we said. And then if we look at the back, we've got a little sponsorship oh, of No Dunks nice. there. This is... a. Uh, uh, Scotty Barnes, of course, uh, number four. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, I did uh, add a little ad in the top left corner uh, for Salad King. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it's a place we used to frequent uh, back in the day in our Ryerson days. And I also mentioned the uh, that I loved the plaid on the Rip City jerseys. So, of course, I had a little uh, plaid on the side <laughs> panel there. So um, the shoulder plaids, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So, uh, yeah, that's my jersey. The beavers. So, I, okay, this is funny. I have always hated... That the Toronto airport, to take it back to Tass's uh, Mississauga airport there, I guess, the Toronto airport, um, that, the, that the code is YYZ. I mean, it just uh, it just bugs me. A, well, you, you, you just the, want um, it to be T-O-R. You just want yeah. it to be Aren't all simple. Canadian major airports a Y, though? Like, yeah. yeah. They're all Y, so. yeah. 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 And that's what really pisses me off. Here, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. I, uh, the I Americans like got it. all the good ones, is what I'm saying, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's true. ATL is yeah. awesome. That's what I mean. That's so perfect. Good. Yeah. yeah it's good. Where is it? What's TOR? What would TOR be? Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Toledo? No. Uh, <laughs> it's something. It's probably something. Okay. Somebody look up TOR Torrington. Airport. Tor- I'm seeing Torrington Municipal Airport. That can't be right, can it? Get out of here. Torrington, yeah. Torrington. Sure, sure, sure. Flying oh, in wow. and out. <laughs> 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 right. Okay. Uh, it is. Our next one. Uh, the World Series winning Atlanta Braves are planning a two-part parade today. Trey's going to try and make it down. Yeah, there, let's but we wrap got the longest this thing drop up. podcast going. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can leave if you want, Trey. You don't have to answer these rapid-fire questions. Um, but it, it's starting in the city of Atlanta. It culminates in Cobb County with a ludicrous and big boy concert at the park up there. So I got a weird question here for you guys. But what's the best parade you've ever been to, Tass? Well, I would say every Greek parade that I walked in twice a year had to walk in the parade. Nice. Uh, got a couple photos for you guys here. That's me strutting. <laughs> wow, look at that young lad. Yeah, we got to wear uh, white gloves, had to wear white gloves. I would say my favorite one, though, is when I got the flag. I got to carry the flag. Ooh, look at this It's guy. me with my adolescent mustache on the Danforth yeah. in the heart of Greek town. Wow. Yeah. Every March, every October, big Ochi day. We said no to Mussolini celebrating October and, of course, Greek Independence Day in March. And was, uh, then we'd go for Tsispai. 
Was that a big honor to get the flag? Like, did you have to work your way up to that, or <laughs> like, how was it yeah. decided? <laughs> if you had some hair on your chest, so that's when you get it. Hair on the okay. lip, hair on your chest, you get a flag. Uh, Lily, best parade mm. you've ever been to. I don't think I've ever been in one like Tassie there, but uh, the Notting Hill Carnival, it's funny because I didn't like the event. There was far too many people, but the sort of showpiece end of it was this huge carnival down the streets, and that was actually pretty good. So it was worth getting to that point. It was just all the build-up and the lead to it was uh, was just overpopulated on the streets there. So, yeah, I, I went to a couple of those, but uh, I tried at the end to sort of just get down onto the streets when the parade was happening because otherwise it was just too chaotic, but... That's bad. It didn't really have a great parade story, to be honest. Do you don't like parades? It sounds like too many. I just haven't really been to many that I can think of that uh, automatically jump out at you. Okay, JD, mm. what about you? You got one? Yeah, I, I hate a parade. That said, I've never not had a good time at a pride parade. I mean, they're always great. There's nudity everywhere. <laughs> you get squirted with uh, with uh, water guns. It's fun. <laughs> pride parades are awesome. Yeah, yeah, we've been to a pride parade here in Atlanta for sure, and Toronto. Uh, Toronto throws a hell of a parade. Oh my god, it's insane. Yeah. All right, final question here, so we can get Trey out to that Atlanta Braves parade, which is uh, pretty cool. Yesterday, Temper Boy crashed the podcast. Uh, you saw the clip going around. Maybe you joined us live. I was tired of all the backseat podcasters. Everybody wanted to talk about the Pacers. I wanted to keep the show moving, but. I want to know, what's something that just really annoys you? Turns you into a temper boy. What do you got, Tass? I hate getting a gift card for a restaurant. I just, I just <laughs> don't like it. I know, it's a gift. It's nice. Why what? should I be mad at it? I just, number one, I'm never carrying it with me. I'm a, I'm a minimalist wallet guy. I'm just not carrying an extra card mm-hmm. that I might use once every three years. I'm not George Costanza. Not going to happen. Because uh, I've got I've got some of them for years. I'm just not going to use. And then if you use it, you got to worry about oh, how much is on there? Do I have it? Le- do I have anything left? Okay, I'll pay thirty dollars with this card and seventy dollars. I just I just rather pay for it and not worry about it. I'm not saying I'm not a coupon guy. I use a coupon every. I'm a real James Borbath guy, but uh, not. I'm not. I just hate them. I just hate them. Lee, what annoys you? You know, uh, it's a cashless society we pretty much live in these days, except for when you're parking before a game down at the Fortress, right? Mm-hmm. So before I went to the Fortress a few weeks ago, I thought, ah, oh, damn, the guy never accepts anything other than cash. He's a bit like your car cleaner there, Skeets. It's always broken, the machine. So I thought, all right, I'll zip into the cash machine, the ATM, uh, grab my money and be down there. I go in, there was two spots. One guy was using one. I thought, fine, I'll go and use the other one. It wasn't working. So I had to wait for the other guy. I've never. I was like, "What are you doing at this ATM machine? Get your cash and get out of here!" What you don't need to be. He was pressing buttons for like, honestly, like three minutes, and I'm like, "What are you? What could you possibly be doing here? Do it all online, unless you need cash." Statement. Yeah. Unless you need cash, you're in and out of that ATM. There's no reason to do it anymore. Like you used to have to sort of do a little bit of banking there. So I was just like. (laughs) This should I should have been in and out in 30 seconds. It took me like five minutes, which sounds like no time. But when you're waiting and watching someone just like, hmm. <laughs> and it's a bank machine too. You can't yeah. like come up and help. I, yeah, you can't exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, can't you sort wanna. of like. You, I just <laughs> I just want. It's like uh, Seinfeld when uh, when he wanted the cop to um, give him some protection. He was like, and he orders a sandwich. He goes, well, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, I got hungry." All of a sudden, I want to say. 
excuse me, what are you doing here? What could you possibly be doing at this ATM machine that you can't do online or on your phone? <laughs> anyway, I got my cash and I left. Right. But I, I mean, was... what rush were you in? We know you order a pizza when you get into the fortress <laughs> and that takes 20 I, minutes. I, you miss half the game. I wasn't in a rush to get there. It's just like, I was like, yeah. there was no need for anyone to take more than 30 seconds in an ATM machine anymore. Right, right. Fair enough. Okay. JD, take us home. What do you got? What really annoys you? Yeah, I, I really couldn't pin it down, so I thought I would just start with uh, start a running list since I woke up this morning. So this is what I got so far. Well, I came down. Shoes were on the table. Shoes on the table, guys. Ooh. <laughs> Next to the shoes, on the floor, socks on the floor. That's, that's still a problem. It's a scourge. <laughs> There's dust all over the goddamn place. I'm living in a construction zone right now. So, uh, yeah, while we're doing the show, Google Chrome crashes. It's not working. I don't know why. Google Chrome is not working. I'm in the garage. The door's open. I'm cold. Calling the wizards Zards. I'm not into it. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. You want to call a team the Beeves? It's uh, like calling pizza Za. No, thank you. It's not. It's call it a pie. Call it something else. But Za Zards. I don't like it. I hate it too. But I actually love saying it, JD. It's great yeah, once you get on. into it. Yeah, it's better when they don't win because there's no you know W there. I like Zards then, but they're all right right now. Okay. okay uh, Lee shitting on everything during our nice segment. Come on, man. Yeah. I said something. Something nice about someone? Uh, well, you never follow the rules, I guess. Oh, yeah. my God. This nice segment is going to be over an hour. I hope Matty O's not listening. Uh, this you goddamn... know what? He fucking is listening. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he is. Guaranteed. He's, he's like, wrap it up, guys. Wrap it up. No, it. he's, he's doing praying this. it goes ten times longer, JD. <laughs> like, oh, once this is over, because I'll go for a hike. No, he wants it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair People enough. can change. Turning me into temper boy here. Keep going. Yeah, we got a compressor problem I can't figure out, and it fucking reared its ugly head again at yeah. one hour and 11 minutes. Who's taking pictures? <laughs> Why can't I figure this out? This is very frustrating. Is it GarageBand? Is it these stupid USB mics? I have no idea. <laughs> We're doing Tweet of the Night now? Now, Steve? Now? I'm not ready. I'm all the way down. We've got 8,000 things in this goddamn stream yard, and i got to scroll all the way up. So that's why Tweet of the Night Stinger was uh, was late. And, uh, yeah, and now I really need to pee, and that's it. That's all I got on my list. <laughs> uh, try, try anything to add. I thought you were going to jump in there. Were you taking some screen grabs of anything? What was going on? Did we find the culprit for uh, screenshots? <laughs> Oh, no, see, it's, uh, you can barely hear it. Oh, let me turn my volume up. Here we go. No, no because it it's the it compressor like problem. Something happened. Yeah, it was something. Yeah, we have this problem where if one of you, it's mostly Trey and Lee, if one of you makes a tiny little noise, it, it the computer or the compressor thinks that you want to say something, so it cranks the volume all the way, all the way up, and is looking for the sound, and then you'll come in, and it's like, it's like, Distorted, and uh, we can hear every little nook and cranny, everything that's happening in your room. We can hear it, and it's it's literally driving me mad. It mm. keeps me up at mm. night. All but right. it's all right, JD. We're gonna be back together before you know it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. Unless wait. Lee gets his wish and a second pandemic comes through. There we go. That was a good <laughs> all right, let's call it there. Let's get this guys to a Braves World Series parade. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, another epic drop podcast in the books. Keep your emails coming. No dunks at theathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter at No Dunks Inc. Drop a comment below the vid here on YouTube and grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Trey, have a blast at the parade. 
I hope you catch some beads. <laughs> <laughs> pearls, maybe. Maybe John pearls. Peterson will be throwing pearls. Oh, Ooh. that would be nice. That would be great. I saw <laughs> AJ Minter was wearing a cowboy hat, so the tall hats are riding in Atlanta uh, today. Yeah, sweet. All right, take some pics for us. Be safe down there. We'll see you guys on Monday with our NBA weekend winners and losers. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember... Praise the gay people.
Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.